This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Jack, I feel like I just made it back here in time to record today. What do you mean? I I feel like I've been just kind of going nonstop and like trying to get everything done today on this like day off. And I've been like looking at apartments and I've been interviewing for jobs. And I was like, oh my God, I need groceries. And I know if I go after we're done recording, I'm going to just get like everything and it's not going to be good. So like I went grocery shopping right before this. And I feel like I have to ask you before I tell you what I like super guiltily have been indulging on. Ooh. What is your like super guilty food indulgence? Like sweet treat. Like that I keep in the house? Yeah. That I keep in the house. Okay. I really try to not keep a ton of this stuff in the house because like it, it just won't last. And I love Do you to keep walk- it in your car as car snacks? Because no. I did that now too, because you get you yell at me every time I get hangry. So now I have food on hand at all times. Oh my God. That's, you know what? Thank you for, thank you for taking my feelings into it. <laughs> you do at all times. You are constantly on my brain and my heart. Helps <laughs> our friendship a lot. I mean, we're matching. <laughs> Guilty things. I know we literally are like on the same page. We're not on the same cycle. We already figured that out. We're, we're still like, we're way off. We're way unsynced with that. Um, I know. Sorry for our listeners. TMI, Danielle and I are not on the same cycle currently, but anyway. Um, okay. Guilty foods that I keep in the house. Let me just say the first one and then I'll tell you the second one. The first one okay. is like more of like a healthy option and I just keep these around at all times. And then like literally throughout the day, I take a handful of these and just kind of like munch on them throughout the day. I, is, um, They're the peanut butter pretzels, right? Oh, that's like a whole other thing. <laughs> peanut butter pretzels are like, that's like, that was like breakfast, lunch and dinner for me for a while. Where those no, I know. I thought pretzels. you were good. I thought, I thought that's okay. Um, Sorry. Close. Dark, dark chocolate almonds. I keep those around like the dark chocolate oh. covered ones. Those ones. I, I keep like a big thing of those just kind of like stash. So like throughout the day, okay. if I ever just get like a sweet, I need something sweet. I keep that. Lately, I've been stashing a hundred grands, like little hundred grands. Oh my god, I love it so much because it's like the perfect amount of like chocolate, but it's like kind of the chocolate to caramel ratio is perfect, right? I feel like people forget about hundred grands, and like they're enough for me. I wish they were dark chocolate. If I kept like mini like Reese's around, they wouldn't last. Like I would literally eat the entire thing. Like I I couldn't; Mm -hmm. it wouldn't last my house. But I keep these little like tiny hundred grand packets around and it's like a perfect little snack late at night you know plus the caramel is usually like thicker like you have to chew on it more it doesn't like it takes longer to eat a hundred grand yeah a hundred yeah a hundred grand hundred percent to a hundred grand okay what is yours what did you just buy oh my god i feel like you're gonna judge me so hard i probably will you will it's not as bad as gas station cheese okay that's (laughs) that's a start i'll be the judge of that i'll be the judge of that it's the eel fudge cookies double stuffed chocolate eel fudge cookies. <laughs> I this is this is how bad I am. I got the like regular ones because they didn't have the double stuffed the ones, double stuff. and I was so disappointed because the the cookie to chocolate ratio is too much. So I only ate half of it, the half that had the frosting on it. Ew! What do you do with the frosting? 
Where is no, it? No, I eat the frosting oh, side. You the other, like the cookie side, I throw out. You give it to Ray or you just throw it out? I just throw it out. You're so wasteful, Danielle. At least the I whole know. thing. I'm a trash human. You are a trash human. You're just not very environmentally sustainable, I guess. I'm trying. Oh, that's that's hard though. You know what's funny though? It's like I actually am definitely more of a salty person instead of a sweet person. What are you? Oh, you know I'm a sweet person. Come on now. Yeah, you're sweet. I'm 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 salty. I'm salty. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I always have to have some chocolate around the house. Otherwise, you know. Otherwise I'll just like order Jenny's and it'll cost me forty dollars to have it delivered at eleven thirty <laughs> at night. <laughs> you can put away some Jenny's and that's one of the things I love about you. <laughs> Like, I love it. I crush ice cream. I you love Jenny. You crush ice cream like no one else. I really do. I really do. Hey, food is one of the beautiful things in life. You know, it's just good for... It is. It is just, good for your mental health. It's good. It, like, makes you feel good. It keeps your body sustained and moving. I mean, maybe not eating ice cream every night is probably not good for your mental no. health. But overall, no. you can if you can have the healthy relationship with you know, with sweets and salty foods and all those things, you know, find some joy. Well, speaking of finding joy and speaking of mental health, we have the wonderful Tay Lautner on the WOMED today. Danielle, how fun was this episode to record with Tay? This was so much fun. I am not gonna lie. I kind of want Tay just to like be our friend, you know, and like we can just like she, she feels like this young little fledgling nurse that I just want to to cradle and help and be there as a support in any way possible without being too um overstepping in boundaries. <laughs> so And Danielle is physically like she's acting like she's cradling a baby right now. So on that I'm note, just I'm just holding um we are going to let you guys jump into this episode with Tay, be sure to follow along with her and her foundation, the Lemons Foundation and new podcast, The Squeeze. We'll catch you on the other side. All right. Welcome to the WOMED, Tay. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Some of you might not know, but Tay is the other half of Taylor Lautner, and congratulations on your most recent wedding. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're we're still on cloud nine from it. It was it was a dream. Oh my gosh, you guys are! I think I just saw you post uh, like one month in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yay. one month in. I mean, we've we've been together for almost five years, so it doesn't feel like too different. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's fun getting to call my husband. So that's been fun. <laughs> that's so sweet. So. Jack and I were talking about, we just love that you're a nurse, that Taylor Lautner married a nurse. And so did you guys meet before um, nursing school or was that something you decided to do like while you were together or? Yeah, we ended up meeting right before I started school. Uh, so that was, that was a fun little kickstart to our relationship, me drowning in first semester of nursing school. And that fizz, micro, all the fun things. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring all that stuff out. But it was actually kind of nice because he was gone in London filming uh, a show that he was doing out there. So he was gone for like two and a half months. So it was nice because I think he left like the week before I started school. So it gave me the time to like really just like focus on figuring out my study schedule, like what I needed to do, all that stuff, especially because of the time difference too. So yeah, we started, we started like 
talking dating right right before I started school. You oh, can keep so your nervous fun. breakdowns to yourself for the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I definitely I definitely relied on his like motivational text and like calls to get me through stuff because I call mm-hmm. him like sometimes before going to class. I'd be like, I don't know how to do this. He's like, dude, you're fine. Calm down. Like you you love this stuff. Like you totally get it. Like, okay, you're right, you're right. So there was definitely a lot of that going on. He was my hype man on the other side of the world. Oh, I love that. We we love a supportive man. How did you find your way into nursing? Like, when did that become like a passion for you or? It kind of just fell in my lap randomly. One, I like helping people. So that was like kind of like what got me into it. But I always love like the medical side of things. Mm -hmm. I was a very like average student in high school. And then I took um, like honors anatomy and physiology. And I was like, the teacher's assistant I ended up being, I never took a single thing because I would take the test before and like get hundreds on everything. And then I ended up just helping him like grade stuff. And that was like my first entrance to like the body that I was like, oh my gosh, I love this stuff. And then I graduated and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, and I danced growing up my entire life. So I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach for dance. I got into their dance program and I was like, okay, I might as well go. I don't really know what I want to do. And I did that for a semester and that was like the hardest thing ever just because I was dancing like 40 hours a week and I didn't have time for a job. I couldn't like figure out my life. Uh, It was just a lot on my body. And so I was like, I'm just going to come home and try to figure out what I want to do. And then I randomly was like, oh, okay, I think I'll just apply to the nursing program at my community college that was super close to where my parents live. Uh, and I ended up getting in on my first try and it's super hard to get into the program that I got into. And I was like, okay, well, I guess, I guess we're doing this. That's amazing. I mean, Jack can definitely relate to you. I mean, she was a D1 collegiate athlete as well, played like hockey and (laughs) tried to do that in school and everything. So yeah, a million years ago, but no, it is a, it's a huge toll on your body, uh, doing it that much during the week. And I'm sure, yeah, like you kind of have to get to a point, I think when you do dance or sports growing up that, you know, well, what am I, am I going to do this forever? Can I do this forever? What's like the next step? And yeah, I similarly kind of knew I always wanted to go into healthcare and landed into nursing. So you started nursing school, you got through nursing school, and then you started working as a nurse at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So I originally, like after school, I was, I love, I mean, the same thing with anatomy physio. I loved, I worked on cadavers in college, like helping my teacher literally cut open all of the cadavers and whatnot. So I love like body stuff and surgery. Like OR was my absolute favorite rotation. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go into OR. Uh, just that way I'm not in a hospital. It's just total outpatient. I don't work weekends, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And I started working at a couple different places and then I probably started working in like January, February, and then March COVID hit. So everything shut down. And then I was just back home and I was like, okay, well, I just like this degree. I really want to use it. I'm very passionate about it. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm only going to apply to this one hospital that I loved during my rotations. I think I probably went to like six or seven total, but I was like, I love this one hospital. It's a trauma center. I love the nursing there. Like everyone seemed that they knew what they were doing. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to apply here and see if I get in. And I ended up getting in. Um, so I ended up working 
uh, I started night shift on a telly floor, later switched to days, but pretty much was nights at the beginning as, as most are. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of how I like landed there. I was like, I'm only going to do it if I can get in at this one place. And I got in and that was, Taylor was not very excited about that, but he obviously is like my number one supporter. And he was like, I'm going to support you if you want to do that. But that just means you're like away from me longer, which he was bummed about. But he was super excited for me to like go off and live my dream as a nurse and blah, 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 all that good stuff. You started a really beautiful blog called Lemons by Tay. And I was reading some of your entry posts. and I just feel like you so beautifully articulated what it was like for you to start working in the pandemic and really um, articulated like a fear that I had when like the pandemic hit. And I started thinking about all these nurses who are nursing students that were had to start doing their clinicals and all this had to start working and like finding a job and just getting thrown into COVID settings where like you haven't necessarily had like a long like internship or experience in ICU dealing with like critical respiratory patients. And I just, A, want to thank you for being so open with your experience and sharing that because you're so not alone in that. There's a lot of nurses who um, who struggled similarly. Tons, tons of them. I'm curious what what is what does nursing feel like for you now? You know, that's a good question. It definitely feels different. I'm not currently like working as a nurse. I'm not at the hospital anymore. I had to walk away from that just because of what it left me with from working through COVID and everything. But I definitely think. Nursing to me now is just, I think I view it, well, from working in the hospital, I think a, I definitely view it more now as like a business because like in school and everything, you never really see that side of it mm-hmm. because like at the end of the day, it's still a business. Like that's You're literally disposable. Yeah. So that was hard for me too. like being there, obviously pandemic being a COVID nurse aside, even once we were our unit switched back to like our no- our normal unit. That was a little hard if I like, we were like patients been here because um, we were an observation unit. So like we had to get patients out within like the time criteria. And so there was always that. Mm-hmm. So it definitely like added on like another layer that you don't really experience. But I think nursing is a not misunderstood community, but I feel like sometimes it can be forgotten. Like what, what we have to deal with in the hospital and outside too, you know, it's definitely like an odd, like we're the middleman, but we're the man that like gets hit the most, you know, like people always relate like, like patient to doctor or whatever, but like, no, the nurse is in between there handling both sides, doing everything. So if I think it's misunderstood in, in a sense, because it is so diverse, but it's also so meticulous at times as well. I want to circle back to what you mentioned about how COVID affected you working as a nurse, especially as a new nurse. I also worked as a nurse through COVID. I wasn't in the hospital. I was in a public health, community health setting where the COVID transmission rate was extremely, extremely high. So we did, I did experience a lot of, 
like a lot of those similar fears. It wasn't exactly the same as being in the hospital, but it was extremely, extremely challenging time with my mental health, with first anxiety and then like deep, deep, deep depression for probably like a year, year and a half. So I want to take caution, like whenever we talk about COVID, because I know so many of our listeners are healthcare workers who have also worked through the pandemic and just take a moment um, because I know that a lot of healthcare workers are experiencing a lot of anxiety, depression, PTSD now, and mm-hmm. we're looking back and talking about it. So whatever you're comfortable with sharing, I just would love to know a little bit more on how that affected you and that that timeline of when you knew it was affecting your mental health. Yeah, it definitely took a while for me to realize it. So the night I went, the, my first night on my own was when we shifted. I think we were maybe COVID a couple weeks prior to me being on my own. But the week I went on my own, we shifted at a ratio. Instead of four to one, we went five to one. And yeah. we also had a couple of ventilators on our floor. And we're not technically trained to have ventilators on our floor. And I was one of those um, nurses. And you that- had five. Oh my God. And my charge nurse was in the telly room because one of the monitor techs was sick. So she had to go in there and watch the monitors. So I was really by myself. And so that was literally like my first night. And I would, you know, you got to change everything. You go back in and out of the rooms. You got to take it all off. I'll put it, put it all back on. And I just remember it was probably like two or three in the morning at this point. And I had done it so many times and I was just like crying because like, I just felt so overwhelmed and like, I had no one to ask like what I was doing. Obviously I had enough faith in myself too, because I was on my own. So like, I did have enough somewhat faith in myself, but you can't prepare for that at all. Mm -mm. So I was just feeling so overwhelmed and like so much pressure to like keep these people alive, you know, like people were, crashing rapidly like there was a code blue like once a shift twice a shift even and like it was it was a lot that was like my introduction to it and there was probably like three months of that solid um i would come in extra like my manager would call me and be like can you come in like just to even take vitals because we were so understaffed and i knew what it was like to be understaffed and so i would go in from like 12 a.m to like three and just take vitals because we were like double, double booking the rooms. And like, normally we don't only have like one patient in our rooms, but we like, we've literally had to revent the rooms because a lot of them weren't the reverse isolation. So we mm-hmm. literally had air ducting vents going through all of the rooms. It felt like a war zone. It was like wild. I would have multiple panic attacks during a shift feeling like so claustrophobic. Like I would have mm-hmm. to, run out of the room sometimes in like in between giving giving meds uh just because i was like i can't breathe so there was just months of that happening and then it, it slowly went back down we stayed covid for a little bit longer after that um but we weren't like we went back to like our normal ratios and we weren't as critical of patients and taylor and i were driving somewhere we were in the car and he was like are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like I just worked like the past three nights. I'm really tired. Like literally I've been working night shift for however long. I barely see him the nights I'm off. I still go in. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired, which is always my answer. Cause I was always tired. Um, but he was like, but no, really like, are you okay? And I kind of like paused for a second 
And I don't even think I even really said anything after that. Like neither one of us did. And we were both just kind of like, hmm, okay. That was the first time I kind of like clocked it that something was off. And then I worked like the rest of the year for another like eight months. And then I ended up uh, getting COVID myself, ironically, not from work, but in about like August time. And I was out of work for like a month and a half because I was like, it would hit me really hard. And I ended up from there, I kind of used that as my out to like not go back. And I think I needed that. Like God, the universe, whatever you want to say, kind of like smacked me in the face and was like, bro, like you got some things you got to address internally. Mm -hmm. You need to leave. Like this is not for you. So that was like end of last year. And that's kind of like what prompted me to start lemons and all that stuff. But yeah, definitely. It took me a while to figure out what exactly was happening for sure. Like anxiety and depression were like huge for me. And I hadn't really been like super anxious. Like I never really dealt with anything myself before. Uh, but I was like just out of it 24-7. Like I just didn't really feel present. Later now have found out that it was just from like severe PTSD. And I still even to this day like dissociate from life and things. And that was like a big thing that my brain did. That was kind of just everything that I experienced. And it was just a whole like I, I'll remember like little nuggets of it that they'll like come back to me and I'll be like, oh, I forgot like this happened or oh, this happened like randomly. And I've been out of the hospital for a year now. So it definitely like it comes in waves and I'm still hit majorly with like my like PTSD and my stuff has for sure gotten better. But it's funny because the other day, I think Taylor and I were going to travel or something. So I went to go get mask out of like a jar that we have and they open the jar and on top were like our like heavy duty N95s like the blue ones that we'd wear and I had like smuggled a few of them so that I could keep new ones and I literally I opened the thing and I see it and chills shot down my body like and I got a pit in my stomach and I was like the fact that a little mask can do this to me you Mm -hmm. really know that you went through some freaking crap yeah but even to say that that's still happening which i think is wild but i've definitely kind of learned how to like cope with it and address it and just keep working through it because it's definitely a process what like we had to go through in the hospital i mean nurses everywhere but specifically for me like working in the hospital well thank you so much for sharing that um one of the things I feel like is is so frustrating that we hear as nurses and a lot of nurses heard during the pandemic when we finally started to like, when we were speaking out about these conditions that we were working in was, you know, you've signed up for this. It's like no one, you didn't sign up to go to war. You didn't sign, no one signs up to see that much death and have to be on like permanently on for yeah. like. 12 13 hours in a shift like you're not supposed to see that much happen like this is this is why we have such a pts problem with like our veterans and stuff coming home like no one's the human body isn't supposed to take that much pain not to mention the lack of ppe and the ratios being that way like Mm -hmm. no one signed up for that either when you sign your contract to be a nurse like that's i mean that's why nursing unions exist which also there was i mean they could only do so much during the pandemic too but like no one signs up for that part of it either. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I definitely think there's like an aspect. I was just talking to someone about this, like in school, like I remember being taught the difference between like sympathy and empathy and mm-hmm. like being empathetic with like a patient, like them asking if they're like going to live or whatever. And you like talk through like different responses. But like when I've had the same patient for four weeks and I've watched this person decline, 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 and them look me in the eyes and ask me that. And I've literally taken care of them for four weeks. They teach you the response, but it's not, you can't, how do you cope with that? How are like, you're not taught how to like mentally yourself deal with that. Like you're taught the answer, like how to properly answer the question and like not being like, no, you're going to live, but not being, no, you're going to die. Which there also is no appropriate answer for that either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just like, I think about like this one lady I had, it just like, that was like, she was one of the people that asked me that. And I took care of her for like a month. She was in the same room, room 15. Like, I remember everything about her. And like, it's just like that, that stuff just like totally sticks with you. And you're, you don't really know what to do. Yeah, it's so interesting how certain patients like that, especially, you know, yes, during the pandemic and outside of the pandemic, I think every nurse can relate to that. There are some patients that you will always, you will always remember those stories always. and where the room was and like what happened. But I think it takes a lot of awareness too um, on your end to realize that part of your coping mechanism was to dissociate. At what point did you kind of start to realize that you were doing that? Is it not until much later or... Yeah, you know, like you said, you you know, your husband was kind of like, "Yo, like, are you okay? Are you here? Like, what's going on? Are you with but, me?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely took him bringing it up multiple times because I feel like with like with my brain just kind of like dissociating and removing myself from the situation, I wasn't, I didn't have the hindsight to like look at it from like the other perspective. You know, I was just going through the motions and like not even thinking about it, and it really took like truly this like past year to see how much of like an impact that that had on me from like there's the times like I would literally like we would have a trip planned or something and Taylor would be like are you excited and I'd be like yeah I'm so excited but like internally I'd be like I don't feel anything like what's happening Mm. like that started happening and that never has happened to me before but then also something that still happens it's getting better but Taylor, one night he'll, he'll ask me like, should we go to this restaurant, this one or this one? And, um, or he'll be like, should we go here for dinner? And he'll like text me it. And I know, I know, I know the name. I know that I've been there, but I can't remember where it is, what it is. Like, I know that I've been there, but I can't remember anything about it. And like, I've been to this restaurant multiple times and wow. things like that kept happening. And I was like, this is not normal. Like I like, there's if there's one thing I pride myself on, it's my brain. And like I I I can tell you where Taylor's one black sock is and the third drawer. And like I'm like so good at that. That's something I like pride myself in. And the fact that I couldn't remember a restaurant that I'd been to multiple multiple times that's right by our house that we like drive past all the time and talk about. And it was just things like that kept happening. And I was like, oh wow, we're we're still going through this. This is yeah. we're in the thicket right now. That happened to me after after my fiance had passed away. It was like there was really weird things with like short term memory that started happening that like I couldn't remember anybody that I anybody's names that I had just met. Like I could mm-hmm. not retain like small little information like that. And so like I 
is it's so like trauma like roots itself in your brain in such weird like fascinating ways yeah but no like you 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 aren't alone in that either (laughs) so (laughs) I'm curious uh, I mean, if you listen to the pod, Jack and I are very open about talking through um, like our mental health journeys, things that we've experienced. What would you say was like the biggest barrier for you to kind of overcome in starting to speak about the things that you've been through, the trauma that you faced working and really start to dive into the mental health world? Yeah, I think maybe one of the bigger things was realizing it that there was something there um because mm-hmm. i kind of knew that it was something for a while but i didn't really know exactly what so that has taken and definitely still is like i'm learning things about myself still every day so that's been a barrier barrier but also i love like sharing my story with people because i i feel like i'm doing a disservice if i'm not using my platform for good because i've been giving this platform and like I'm going to use it to like share my story and help people because I know that I'm literally like, there's so many people that have such similar stories to me, even if they're not a nurse or going through something similar and just ways that have helped me, but definitely struggle with when it comes to sharing. I, this always outweighs like the mask thing. I still, maybe I'll post about it when this come before this comes out, but I've this that happened to me a couple of weeks ago and I haven't shared, like I have a caption written and I haven't shared it yet because I don't want people to be like, oh, she's just posting this like to be like pity me. Like I don't like, I don't want to be viewed as that because mm-hmm. so many people are like, oh, she's married to a celebrity. She lives this beautiful life, blah, blah, blah. And that's something I definitely get in my head about is I never want to come across as like, woe is me. Like, look at, I'm dealing with this, blah, blah, blah. But I just need to work on still just putting that aside and haters are gonna hate and people are gonna say things but i know that like a lot of people can relate to a lot of the things that i share exactly so i need to just keep keep working through that but that's definitely a hard thing for me when people are just like oh you you have a platform you're you're famous you're fine and that's like literally like the farthest thing from it so well, that's that's a whole other topic of how mean and cruel um, people yeah. on social media can be and how opinionated. But <laughs> yeah, I, I can. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of empathy for you in in that aspect, too. But I feel like your story is just so it's so uniquely your own, but it also is the echo of every nurse especially every new nurse across the world that worked through the pandemic and like just like you're feeling this and you're having PTSD and like these trauma responses and depression like so many people across the world are doing the same thing and might feel really alone and isolated in it so it's like it's not one of those things that's just going to go away that people can keep burying down if you feel like you need to talk about it talk about it Because someone else is going to need to hear it too. On top of that, I'm curious to kind of move into part of your healing journey, we'll say, and like moving, because not not that there's like one distinct moment of when like, okay, I need to go get help. I'm going to sign up for therapy for me. Like that moment was um, 
I realized therapy wasn't cutting it. I was so depressed. I was like, I need medication. Like I never thought I would be someone that would need to go on any sort of like mental health medication. Not that I had a stigma against it, but I was just like, no, that's for other people. Like that's not for me. And then finally kind of like having this moment of like, oh no, like you're really not okay. And the things that you normally do to take care of yourself are not enough. So for you, I'm curious what your healing journey started to look like, what it looks like now and how the Lemons Foundation fits into that. Yeah, obviously therapy is like such a huge thing and I wish I would have started it sooner. Um, I definitely had just some barriers there, obviously, because of the person that I'm married to and whatnot. Like I, it takes a lot for me to like confide in someone like that. So it definitely took me a little bit just to get to a place where I would feel comfortable, like being vulnerable and whatnot, um, on that level with someone. But that has really been like a big help for me. Just even like, I'd be like, Hey, like I'm doing this, like the whole restaurant thing. Like, why is, why is that? Why is this happening? Like, I'm not even like, I'm so removed from it. Like, why am I still like dissociating like now? Like my life's mm-hmm. great now. Like, you know, like obviously there's still things that happen, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not working in the hospital anymore. Like, why is this still happening? And like my therapist being able to like explain, like, this is why this happens. This is like what part of your brain is blah, blah, blah. Like all that, like just explaining things because there's so many things that I'm like, but why? Why is this happening? Why is this still happening to me? Therapy has for sure been like a very big and helpful thing, but also just really taking time for like to myself has been really helpful because I'm the type of person, if you're like in an argument with me, I'll need to like sleep on it and process it. And then I'll come back to you the next day. Like that's always how I've been. Even like dance growing up, we'd learn a whole routine in one day and I'd be like, I can't do it now. Let me sleep on it. And in the morning, I'll know the whole thing. That's just how my brain processes. So this past year, I've definitely spent a lot of alone time, like in a good way, just like whether it's waking up early or like going and sitting somewhere, just kind of trying to process my thoughts and really like trying to step outside of myself and like view things as a whole um that's been something i've really been trying to do and honestly like lemons and the foundation has just been like something that is like a passion of mine because mental health for a long time has always been like a passion of mine but getting to like share my experience and also just like connect with people and make mental health look like cool and I have to like our Instagram account, like blog posts, like we're constantly posting on there. So I need to keep doing research to keep like building content to be able to post. And like inadvertently, that's making me like have to learn different like self care techniques or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really cool tool that I've been able to use. And I just want to like, I just love helping people. Like it makes me feel better, it helps my brain. Like, I'm a two on the Enneagram. I'm a helper. So like, that's just like, (laughs) (laughs) that is like built into me. So that's, I've just been really, that's just kind of been what I've been doing the past year is trying to figure myself out in a long time, but also really trying to still share with others and then putting in the work and learning for myself while I'm at it. Well, I love, I love that you called it the Lemons Foundation. How does the Lemons Foundation Uh, work to like support people? What resources are you able to offer through your foundation? 
Yeah. So I think our biggest thing right now is our Instagram lemons by Tay. We're just constantly sharing plethora of topics from grief, depression, how to like right now we're really focusing on like just how to handle holidays with family, mm-hmm. with grief, with you know all that stuff because it's such a difficult time for even people that have the perfect family, you know? Like it's yeah. you don't have to just lose someone to have to be dealing with a rough holiday, you know? So mm-hmm. definitely a lot of facets there, but I want to connect with people through social media because that's just where a lot of our information is found, mm-hmm. you know? Like that's how like our generation, younger generation, that's just where a lot of the information is found. So I love the Lemons page. I'm obsessed with it, but obviously no bias there. Um, <laughs> but just like the colors of it, like I want it to feel mm-hmm. aesthetic. I want people to like, I want to do a goal for this coming year. I've been, I had to put the brakes on because of like planning a wedding and we moved. So I was very, I set good boundaries with myself, but with the foundation, I want to do like a lot of events and like have people come and just like share. I want, I just want mental health to be cool. Like I want it, like, obviously like we're like, yay, mental health. Like a lot of people talk about it now, but I want it to like be, okay, the next step, like the next step is cool. Like we should keep moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I just want to make it more accessible and just, just something that people like want to dive into and helping them and giving advice that I've found helpful. And also just speaking with experts and getting their advice on stuff. So that's kind of our, our goal. I have so many things in my brain that I want to do this coming year of stuff that I'm excited because I'm finally now with the wedding done moving. I'm literally just taking this year. I'm like, I'm focusing on my career. It's lemon. Like I'm, I am just um to like finally have a year to, myself even though this is the new year that i'm married but a year to just focus on you know to focus on like my goals and dreams which i'm really excited about that's such a nurse thing too regardless just to go 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 have a million projects Uh on the back burner a million (laughs) things going on and you didn't even mention another new adventure that you have coming up welcome to podcast nation tay we're so excited to have you yes tell us about the podcast yeah, so it's called the squeeze. We had to make it a playoff of the lemon. You know, we got to love the name. Got incorporated. Obsessed. Yes. Obsessed. Love it. But it's going to obviously be mental health based. Um, I just want to have real conversations with people and bring them on and have them share their journey, whether like whatever it's through it's a celebrity, if they're a nurse, if they're like an expert that can offer advice, mm-hmm. just dive into topics and hear people's stories because I think hearing people's stories and what they go through is so healing one for the listener but two for the person that's like speaking it you know I feel like every time I do like guests on a podcast I leave and I'm like I'll like either I've said something or I thought of something I never thought about before and I'm like whoa like that like totally enlightened me to something so for both parties I'm like really excited but it's myself and my husband Taylor (laughs) You'll be on there with me as well. Um, and we're just we're just excited. We love intentional conversation with people and learning about people and their journeys and how their story can help others. So we're we're pretty pumped about it. Oh. Do you have any dream guests lined up that you're excited to speak to or oh gosh. Or that you want to speak to? The holistic psychologist. Oh, she's great. Nicole LaPera? That's it. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
That's it. Oh, that'll be a great guess. Wow. Yeah. Wrote how to do the work. I don't, I yeah. don't have it yet. I'm putting it in the atmosphere because she. I got halfway through her book. Her first book, she just came out with another, but how to do the work. And I've, I read that like this year and it wrecked me in the best way possible. Yeah. We'll put it out there because Danny and I and we're our really good manifestors. All, we've all, we've manifested <laughs> a lot of things on this podcast. We, we, yes. there's something magical about this podcast space. We, we let it out here. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're calling it in for you. It'll yes. happen. Yeah. 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 She's definitely like the biggest one just because she's like personally, changed my life so much just mm-hmm. from like reading one of her books and she has so much wisdom and whatnot but yeah she would definitely be a big one her and emmanuel Acho are my two. Oh, oh wow yeah i love him i have like just so much admiration and respect for him and just like love what what he does and how he approaches life and how he loves people and he's just really dope i really like him I really was pulling hard for him to be the new host of The Bachelor. I was like, this is who we need. <laughs> I know. They really missed a great opportunity there. That would have been really they did. epic. They did. Sad. Well, as we're kind of, you know, kind of coming to the end of the episode here, I just wanted to end on like a little bit of a positive note, something a little bit more lighthearted because Danny mm-hmm. and I always get into these like really I know, deep mental health so conversations. Deep. But I do just want to end with just like, one little thing that's been lighting you up lately or one little thing that you've been doing for yourself? Taze tips. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. That'll, that, you'll have to make that a segment of the squeeze. Taze <laughs> I know. I'm literally noting that. Victoria. <laughs> Go for it. That's that. how my brain works. <laughs> yeah, you should have been a copywriter, Danielle. 100%. I love alliteration. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Um, let's see. I mean, honestly prepping this podcast has been like so fun for me just because I've literally been wanting to do it since the beginning of the year. Like it's been a goal and like a dream of mine to do. And now that it's like finally coming to fruition is really cool and really exciting. Um, and that's like my baby. <laughs> so that's been like keeping me busy and whatnot. But I think just, I don't know, just like getting to relax recently just from like planning a wedding just mm-hmm. being home and maybe like organizing a little just sitting on the couch scrolling and aimlessly like just finally having like time to take a breather which is hard for me to do but I, my husband's very good at making me sit down and stop because he is like dude you gotta chill it's 7 p.m <laughs> we're done working for the day i'm like i can't so definitely just like relaxing with him, watching some Netflix. We just started Too Hot to Handle, the new season came nice. out. <laughs> we just started that last night. So yeah, just really taking some like intentional time for myself to just like, like relax. That would be my taste tips. I love it. <laughs> I see such big things coming your way. I feel like, especially with the Lemons Foundation, like there's so much that you can do with it. Like I see you like... I mean, this is just my me just speaking so out of turn, but like I, I feel like like I see you offering like like mental health scholarships, like you know, raising money for you know nurses to like start therapy or like you know like I I I don't know I don't know why that's like coming to me right now, but I feel like there's just so much that that you're gonna do for people in this space. So thank you. I feel that too. I'm just like like I didn't even know I wanted to start a nonprofit, but I woke up one day and I was like. 
I think I have to do this. And Taylor was like, what? I was like, I don't know. I'm doing it. And it literally happened so fast. And we, our papers, the IRS approved us like literally so fast. My lawyer was like, I've never seen this happen this quickly. <laughs> so things like that have just kept happening. And mm-hmm. I've never felt, I have chills literally saying this, but like, I've just, I just feel like I'm like doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the sky's the limit because I'm just a determined little human and I like want to help and want to reach as many people as possible. So I'm just, I'm just excited. I'm so pumped going into this new year and to see like what life has to bring for lemons and all the Amazing. people. Right. Well, that's when Amazing. you know that you're on the right path is when things mm-hmm. kind of just start happening very quickly. It means you know, you're aligned exactly with what you're doing. And we're so grateful to have you on the WOMED. We're so grateful to, again, like Danielle said, that you shared your story and that you opened up so vulnerably because so many of our listeners are going to be able to relate and hopefully head over to Lemons Foundation and the Squeeze to have some extra support there. So Tay, thank you so, so much for joining us. We had an absolute blast and we will be sure to link everything in the show notes so people can find you. Perfect. Thank you, ladies, so much. That was awesome. What a lovely episode. I'm just, I just, I just love Tay. I'm a Tay fan. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. There were some moments where I got, like, I was feeling a little emotional. Did you cry? I I almost started crying. Yeah, I was feeling emotional. I think especially her bringing up times during COVID that there was just so much anxiety and then depression and dissociation. There's just so many things that I think all healthcare workers have gone through in the last two years that we forget to talk about because we don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. them anymore. And we kind of just want to move on with our lives. So I'm just so grateful that she was able to share her story so beautifully and that she's using Mm -hmm. her platform in such a impactful way to spread awareness and offer support for mental health for everyone and especially for healthcare workers. So just so grateful to have her on. Same, same. She's a light. She's a light and she's going to do some big things. Make sure to check the show notes out for everywhere that you can follow Tay. I'm so excited for the squeeze and the conversations that they're going to have on their new podcast. Yeah. As always, if this episode resonated with you or you know of someone who might need to hear it, share it, send it along. But Jack and I love you big time. Till next week. WOMED. Out. Out.